Welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. Our service this morning will be led by the Senior High School Youth Group. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning and welcome all persons of religions, ethnic and racial orientations, sexual orientations, abilities, and other circumstances. We extend a special welcome to our visitors this morning. We're glad you're here. We come from a long heritage teaching that there is a spark of the divine in every human. In the spirit of that heritage, I ask you to greet the person to your right and left and welcome them here this morning. Please join me in saying the words by which we light our chalice, which are written in your order of service. <coughs> Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. This is an original poem I wrote, if I can speak, in response to the questions, what are your dreams? You sit across from me and demand a simple ask, really. Just a handful of thoughts to a handful of questions, not answers, just thoughts. Feelings, concepts undiluted with revision or common sense. Though I'm practiced in lack of logic, it's never out loud like this. To people like you, real people, with practical things like jobs and paper clips and those things that hold bags of chips together so they don't go stale. How do I tell my most irrational wants to people like you? I've always been taught to give answers to questions, not breadcrumb trail of ramblings leading into some sort of subconscious desire, or other questions to match yours, turn the camera around. Who are you to ask me what I want? Who are you to know what you want and think I would be the same? Who are any of us to have dreams? Projecting the future into our palms to mold into some sort of reality, to set it on our bedside table like a nightlight in our darkest of moments. Sometimes it will keep us up all night. Sometimes it will be the reason we get up each morning. Sometimes it will make you run and scream and cry and everything loud. Sometimes it will hold you during thunderstorms. Sometimes it will bring lightning through your fingertips into your veins, make your heart pump more than just blood, make you more dream than human. An idea of an idea that you're in love with. But sometimes we'll forget to plug it in each evening. Sometimes it will be misplaced or we'll leave it in a junk drawer somewhere under a pile of paper, paper clips, and excuses. Sometimes we'll forget we ever had one. Sometimes we'll pretend we never did. Sometimes we're too busy to be in love. At least that's what you told yourself. And later, when you find it, in the middle of the future, it will be so much bigger than your palms now. So big you didn't even recognize it when it arrived. And you'll look at everything you thought and hoped and dreamed. And you'll feel some type of nostalgia, maybe. Satisfaction, maybe. Disappointment, maybe. But who am I to know? But one who dreams and doesn't look back to see if it all came true. Thank you. People often ask what holds Unitarian Universalists together. We all find inspiration in different religious traditions, Judaism, Christianity, Paganism, Buddhism, Hinduism, and many others. 
As Unitarian Universalists of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, we find unity in our mission statement, which is correct everywhere except for here, including your order of service, and which we will now say together. Together we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. This is an intergenerational service, so when the story is done, please feel free to just go back to your grown-ups. So, this story is called, If You're Afraid of the Dark, Remember the Night Rainbow. It's a little bit beat up. It's a little bit old. I've had it for a very long time. And it's just about what you can do when your dreams maybe don't go quite as planned. If you're afraid of the dark, remember the night rainbow by Cooper Edens. If tomorrow morning the sky falls, have clouds for breakfast. If night falls, use stars for streetlights. If the moon gets stuck in a tree, cover the hole in the sky with a strawberry. If you have butterflies in your stomach, ask them into your heart. If your heart catches in your throat, Ask a bird how she sings. If the birds forget all of their songs, listen to a pebble instead. If you lose a memory, embroider a new one to take its place. If you lose the key, just throw away the house. If the clock stops, use your hands to tell time. If the light goes out, wear it around your neck and go dancing. If the bus doesn't come, catch a fast cloud instead. If it's the last dance, dance backwards. If you find that your socks don't match, try standing in a flower bed. If your shoes don't fit, give them to the fish in the pond. If your horse needs shoes, let him use his wings. If the sun never shines again, Hold fireflies in your hands to keep warm. If you're afraid of the dark, remember the night rainbow. If there is no happy ending, make one out of cookie dough. What is there beyond knowing by Mary Oliver? What is there beyond knowing that keeps calling to me? I can't turn in any direction, but it's there. I don't mean the leaves grip and shine or even the thrush's silk song, but far off fires, for example, of the stars, heaven slowly turning, theater of light, wind playful with its breath, or time that's always rushing forward or standing still. In the same, what shall I say, moment. What I know I could pack into a sack as if it were bread and cheese and carry it on one shoulder, important and honorable, but so small. While everything else continues, unexplained and unexplainable, how wonderful it is to follow a thought quietly to its logical end. I have done this a few times, but mostly I just stand in the dark field, in the middle of the world, breathing in and out. Life so far doesn't have any other name but breath and light, wind and rain. If there's a temple, I haven't found it yet. I simply go on drifting in the heaven of the grass and the weeds.
The homilies, or short sermons, you are about to hear will be presented by three members of the youth group, and each will share a personal account, story, or opinion with all of you as a method of communicating their own ideas about the theme today, which is dreaming. And a heads up to any of you who have read my homily before today or heard me practice it, this is not what you read or heard me practice. Starting on Thursday night, I completely rewrote everything I was planning to say today because of a new development in my story and a new development in my dreams. I'm also not going to cry because I'm wearing mascara, so I might take some really awkward pauses. <laughs> the first time I got sick, I was six months old. The second time... A few weeks later, sick again, I was, sick with, I was diagnosed with asthma. And for the next 10 years, I fought through a life with lungs that really hated being lungs. And I became a frequent flyer in urgent care facilities, a place I have now been a total of 19 times. And then one day in fourth grade, everything about my health changed. That day, I came home with big purple and black bruises on my feet, and I complained about an exercise in school that made my feet hurt, but my teacher had made me do it anyways. Over the next few years, my legs started to hurt more and more. The pain would come in waves, eventually leaving me unable to walk and in a wheelchair part-time. That day in fourth grade and the orthopedist appointment that immediately followed it started a journey that has lasted almost seven years as we have tried to find a diagnosis or a reason, any reason, for why my feet were bruised and why I'm in so much pain. In my old homily, I talked about how my dream, which has always been to be healthy, will never be part of my reality. And I talked about how I deal with that on a daily basis. I talked about how medications, scans, doctors, and pain have always stood in my way of getting to my fantasy life of health, but how I was okay with never getting to that life. And recently, my symptoms developed to include all the things in fine print on medication bottles, including heightened anxiety, memory loss, hair loss, an eating disorder, fatigue, and dizziness, just to name a few. This mystery illness has caused my grades to drop, my friendships to suffer, and me to start, my, to, start to hate myself, my body, and my life. Over the last seven years, I have cried. I have begged my mom to make the pain stop. Over and over again, I have asked the question, why? To which I have gotten answers, including, I don't know, and it's not on the scan, so it's not real. And most of all, I have wanted to give up. A few weeks ago, as I lay on the floor of my algebra teacher's classroom in tears over the amount of pain I was in, I asked him if I could stop. Stop going to doctor's offices, stop taking medication, and stop fighting. He looked at me dead in the eyes and said no. You don't get to stop fighting this fight. You are strong enough, and you will be strong enough to get through this. It doesn't matter how long it takes. And despite how annoyed I was with him for saying that, today I am so grateful to him for telling me exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. Last Thursday, I went to a doctor's appointment that has been scheduled since November, and if any of you are considering becoming pediatric rheumatologists, please do. And with my teacher's words ringing in my ears, I prepared for yet another healthcare professional to tell me there was nothing wrong with me and to go home. What happened next was what I least expected, something that I had been dreaming of since I was a wide-eyed 10-year-old in the fourth grade. The doctor walked into the room. He asked me a few questions. He poked and prodded me. He walked over to the whiteboard on the wall, and while my mom and I sat there and watched in anticipation, he wrote down my diagnosis. 
And then he launched into a description of the intense pain disorder treatment program I will enter as soon as possible. In just a few moments, this stranger, who I assumed would not have any answers, gave me all the answers, the answers that we have been searching for, for what feels like far too long. Growing up in doctor's offices and emergency rooms, I have learned a lot. I have learned how to work an x-ray machine. I have learned how to correct nurses when they work the x-ray machine incorrectly. <laughs> and I have learned how to lie still while scans are being run. And I have learned how to answer doctor's questions and fill out far too many forms. I have also learned how to stand up despite the pain. I have learned how to laugh despite the tears. And in my old homily, I said that I have also learned how to live with my dream of being healthy, always being an unanswered prayer in the back of my head. But, I learned that some, but on Thursday, I learned that sometimes, with the right amount of time, patience, perseverance, a little luck, and pushing from your Algebra two teacher, even the most unattainable, unlikely dreams can come true, and it can change your life. this church, but sometimes I think it doesn't love me back. Unlike many of you, I was born into Unitarian Universalism, and I've spent a significant portion of my life in the religious education program of First Church Austin. My elementary school days were spent in idyllic splendor in our RE classes, learning about the world's religions and the seven principles in equal measure. I truly enjoyed that time, and I know my values are now heavily informed by what I learned then. But there were still problems, and my awareness of them grew as I entered middle school. I was faced with the newly formed youth group that didn't have the support it really needed to succeed. We spent Sundays watching episodes of TV shows and then discussing them for maybe five minutes. I was heartbroken. I had been ready to enter a more in-depth and spiritual group, and instead I was met with something less than inspiring. My dreams were crushed. My time in this high school youth group has been equal parts re rewarding and frustrating. On the one hand, I've met good friends that I never would have otherwise, had the opportunity to bring Youth Sunday and other events to fruition, and had the chance to organize worships for me and my peers in my capacity as worship coordinator. I was also helped by the church to attend summer seminary, which allowed me to connect with other UU youth across the nation and was a truly transformative experience. On the other hand, in my experience, I have been pushed to take charge of things that aren't really my responsibility, lest they not be accomplished at all. Had limited chances to feel like I truly had any sort of faith development with my fellow members of the youth group, besides in the situations I created myself, and have been overlooked, dare I say, and neglected by the larger community of this church. I spend my Sunday mornings tucked away in my special high school corner, needing more than just a check-in. I've tried to talk to leadership about changes that could be made, and yet I feel very little has happened. There have been many times I've almost walked away from Unitarian Universalism entirely because of the experiences I've had in RE. But something has always kept me from leaving. The strength of the principles we share is meaningful enough despite the frustrations I have faced. I call this issue to your attention because this is not a problem that is specific to First UU Austin. It is the sickness that is endemic to our faith as a whole. According to recent research by Kimberly Sweeney, a DRE and UU consultant, 88% of youth leave the church and never come back. 
The circle worship-based, almost pagan-inspired spirituality that is fostered in many youth groups rarely matches up with the Protestant-style Sunday services that wait in adulthood. Youth like me, who have been raised in this faith, prepare our whole lives for a church experience that doesn't really exist. Some of the most important work of our religion is to be a home for those who have been cast out of their communities. So why do we keep casting our youth out of ours? As our UUA president, Reverend Susan Frederick Gray, reminds us, this is not a time for a casual faith. Throughout our country, youth are organizing, protesting, and standing up for what they believe in. If we truly want to live our values of justice and human relations, right to the democratic process, and the building of a fair and peaceful world, we need to support them. We can start right here in this very building. Listen to youth seriously when they come to you with their concerns. Include youth in important conversations, allow them to advocate for themselves, and give them roles in the larger community. At the same time, don't pressure them into accepting responsibilities that they may not be equipped to handle. This is how we begin to repair and strengthen the relationship between youth and the church. Our religion has the potential to be powerful and life-saving. I know my own personal ethics are greatly influenced by the principles imparted on me here, and I won't ever lose sight of that, no matter what happens. But I think we can do more. Adults often say that the children are the future. The children are now, and right now we are failing them. The work we need to do to fix this broken system is difficult and will sometimes be painful, but ultimately will be more rewarding than we can imagine. By listening to every voice of this congregation, regardless of age, sharing the space for all ages, and truly working together, I know this church can become the place I always dreamed it could be. Before I present my homily, I would like to give a disclaimer. I have a drastically different outlook on life than the rest of the wonderful youth speaking this morning, but that is not in any way to discredit or invalidate what they have to say. I just have a different relationship with the idea of dreams. See, it is my belief that dreams are wildly fetishized in this country. Not to say that they're bad, not at all, but that as a society, we fixate on and take them to an extreme, which I must admit isn't good for us. I'm not saying this just to be negative. In fact, for 16 consecutive years, I was a wide-eyed dreamer myself, and I was happy with it. I had a lifelong passion for cooking and dreamt of studying culinary science at the Culinary Institute of America and becoming a chef and opening my own restaurant. That was my vision. I was naive and refused to believe that there was anything else on earth I would be happy doing. I was obsessed. I had tunnel vision and never considered any alternative career path. Until August. The Culinary Institute is a world-renowned culinary school, and I was completely entranced by what I'd seen online, and I made up my mind. That's where I was going to college. That's what I was doing with my life. End of story, right? Not quite. So my dad decided he would take me to go tour it. After all, it was my dream school. We get to Poughkeepsie, New York, and it's beautiful, everything I thought it would be. The school is right on the Hudson River. There's a ton of cute little shops and diners and another nearby college. It was absolutely perfect. We signed up for a tour of the school, and I was so excited when the day finally came. I was going to fulfill a piece of my dream, and that was just the beginning, right? My dad and I got to the campus and sat through a presentation. I was so ready, I couldn't sit still. 
But then we actually started touring, learning more about the actual life and campus and students and teachers and schedule and curriculum. I've never been so overwhelmingly disappointed. I know my dad really wanted me to love it, and so would I, but I simply couldn't get past this feeling of being let down. My dad has always told me to not let anyone take my dreams from me, even myself, especially myself. But if I'm being honest, it hadn't been taken. It had been given up. Only I had the power to give it up, and it took a lot of strength to admit that what I built up in my head wasn't the reality I would live. I don't even think it's fair to look at it as giving up so much as growing up. Now that's not to say that dreams are childish or immature, but close-mindedness is. I'm big enough to admit when I'm wrong, and I was wrong. I thought that if I didn't follow through on my lifelong dream, then I wasn't being true to myself. But over the last year, I've realized that you don't have to stay the same forever to be who you are. People grow, and people change. Dreams metamorphosize like butterflies, and that means that sometimes you have to let them go. It hurts, and that's okay. Being obsessed with a dream isn't good for you. Spending your life striving for just one thing or feeling will inevitably let you down and is setting yourself up for heartbreak that you don't deserve. Trust me, no one does. As much as it has sucked, I must admit it's been interesting trying to recover from the loss of this dream. It's taken a lot out of me and really made me have to take a look at my future in its intimidating entirety. Bouncing back from this isn't instantaneous, and you can't expect it to be easy. I still don't have another dream, and a lot of the time, I get the sneaking suspicion that I never will. But it's actually okay. I've been struggling to find anything that brings me a greatest joy, as great a joy as what the prospect of culinary school once did. But I know that there will be something. Maybe it doesn't exist yet. I'm just going to take my time. I'm going to explore. I'm going to live my life in the moment for once and stop always worrying about what the future may bear. Maybe I'll never find another dream again, but that doesn't have to be sad. I don't want you to pity me or think I'm just being cynical. Dreams come in all shapes and sizes. Some people want to be happy, some people want to be architects, and some people <laughs> just want to survive. <laughs> and that's okay. All of that is okay. No one can tell you what you want. And even if it takes you until you're on your deathbed to decide what your dream is, that's okay. Sometimes all we need is to have once had a dream, not achieve it. Oh, I could hide neath the wings of the bluebird as she sings The six o'clock alarm would never ring But six rings and I rise Wipe the sleep out of my eyes My shaving razor's cold and it stings Cheer up, sleepy Jean. Oh, what can it mean to a daydream believer and a homecoming queen? You once 
thought of me as a white knight on my steed. Now you know how happy life can be. And our good times start and end without dollar one to spend. But how much, baby, do we really need? Cheer up, sleepy Jean. Oh, what can it mean to a daydream believer and a homecoming queen? Cheer up, sleepy Jean. Oh, what can it mean to a daydream believer and a homecoming queen? We say in our church that the offering is a sacrament of the free church. Every week we lift up the spiritual value of generosity by taking an offering for the ministries of this church. Our plate then, as it is passed among us, becomes filled with the evidence of that generosity. It is our harvest gathered in every week for what most nourishes us. The ushers will now come among you to receive the gifts of the congregation. The morning offering will be most gratefully received. We gather here to celebrate a time of transition for the youth in our congregation. Today, we honor five young adults as they move into adulthood. Unitarian Universalists understand that significant transitions in our lives are to be celebrated, and this is one of them. I would like to invite Ava Gorecki, Bridget Lewis, Gabe Rogers, Sam Wingett, and Renee Siegler to come stand next to me. This bridging ceremony is not a farewell, but rather a celebration of the blossoming of our most precious resources into full adulthood. This is an opportunity for us to recognize our youth, to applaud their successes thus far, to acknowledge them, and to wish them happiness and satisfaction in what is to come. It is an opportunity to make sure that they know that we are with them, whether they stay close or go far from here. This ritual also honors the dedication of this religious community to provide a liberal spiritual home for our children. We recognize the love of parents and families, the commitment of teachers and advisors, and the contributions of time, money, and support of every one of you. Without this dedication, we would not be before you this morning. Ava, Bridget, Gabe, Sam, and Renee, together we express our pride to you in what you have already accomplished in life, and what we know you will accomplish in the future. We celebrate your presence among us in the world. We celebrate this community that you enrich by your vibrant presence. I would now like to invite all of the high school youth to come stand on my left. Now I invite all of the young adults of this congregation to come forward and stand on the right at the bottom of the steps. I also welcome Ava, Bridget, Gabe, Sam, and Renee's family members, teachers, youth advisors, and any other members of the congregation who would like to come forward 
to come stand down here now as well. The bridging ceremony is a rite of passage that welcomes these bright and energetic people into the rewards and responsibilities of adult life. The bridge has two sides. One is childhood and adolescence, where they have become leaders and role models for their younger friends and acquaintances. The other side is a scary and vast frontier of the unknown, <laughs> full of boundless opportunities and new challenges. We, the adult members of this church community, also stand on the other side. We stand on the other side with our arms open wide to welcome them, our minds prepared to mentor and to learn from them, and our hearts prepared to share life together with them. I will now call your names, and when I do, please walk in front of the pulpit and join us as an adult member of the congregation as you continue on your journey. Ava Gorecki, Bridget Lewis, Sam Wingett, Renee Ziegler. It is our tradition to present each bridging youth with a chalice. It is my privilege and pleasure on behalf of the congregation to present you with the chalice as a token of our love and care for you. It also carries our wish that your future be rich and rewarding. May you be brave enough to expose your aching woundedness and reveal your vulnerability. May you speak your deepest truths, knowing that they will change as you do. May you sing the music within you, composing your own melody, playing your song with all your heart. May you draw, paint, sculpt, and sew, showing the world your vision. May you write letters, poetry, biography, slogans, graffiti, the great novel, laying bare your words to love and hate. May you love even though your heart breaks again and again. And until the end of your days, may your life be filled with possibilities and courage. Ashani Batra and Snyder, I invite you to come join me by the pulpit. Today, we also honor and celebrate our eighth graders as they graduate middle school and begin their high school journeys. If there are any other eighth graders who would like to join, please come join us now. Moving from middle school to high school can seem like a scary change. It can seem even scarier when you have heard stories about high school from those who have gone before you. While it's true that high school will be full of new experiences and risks, your church family knows that you are ready to face whatever challenges are ahead of you. During your high school years, I encourage you to aim high. Dream big, take risks. Don't be afraid of failure. There will be times in high school when you fall short of your own expectations. But as long as you are trying your hardest, your families, your teachers, and this community will all be proud of you, even when you fail. We will admire you, support you, and cheer for you no matter what happens. As I call your name, please come over and accept a kaleidoscope. Attach it to your school bag. Keep it as a reminder that things will shift and change, but you can find beauty wherever you find yourself. After you get your kaleidoscope, please go join your fellow high schoolers. High schoolers, we bless you today. May your mind be on fire with wonder and wisdom. May your heart be aflame with love for this life. May your hands be ignited with purpose. And may your spirit be aglow with courage and compassion. You are a light unto the world. Amen and blessed be. Please join me in saying the words by which we extinguish our chalice. Extinguish this flame. 
but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. I think we dream so we don't have to be apart for so long. If we're in each other's dreams, we can be together all the time. From Winnie the Pooh. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.